On this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, Josh Norman of the Mountains in the Sea Podcast is joining me to discuss the lyrics to I Could Never Take the Place of Your Man, which is the fourth and final single released from the Sign of the Times album. Welcome back to the show, Josh. Thanks, Jason. Good to be with you. Thank you again for joining. Uh, it's you been bet. a little bit since we've talked. I think we last collaborated on a song from the Around the World in a Day album. Um, Might have been Hello, which is you know a while ago now. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, because you are uh, going in chronological order. So we're uh, <laughs> a couple albums, one of them being a double album into yes. the future now. It's a big album. This will take much of this year to get through, which is fine. Yeah. Not as many B-sides as like your Purple Rains or your um, uh, Around the World in a Days. Just a couple of, you know, unique B-sides. But yeah, I mean, if I went and did the uh, Super Deluxe Edition like you guys did on your show, uh, I, I it could take me a couple of years to get through the entire Sign of the Times project. Which yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna do. Stick not gonna do it, huh? Not not this year. Yeah. No, nope. I not think this year. we started in September of 2020 and didn't finish until uh, I think early June of 2021. So it took uh, even us. That was a good ten months, nine months. It's a lot to cover. It is my favorite my favorite Prince album. So I was happy to do it. But I know uh, some certain other co podcaster. Was ready to move on. I think. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I can relate to that. So I can never take the place of your man, as I mentioned, was the fourth and final single released from the album. It, it fared fairly well on the pop charts, went all the way up to number ten, and I I remember the song being played on the radio quite a bit growing up. Uh, it's mm. I mean it's it's tailor made for pop rock radio. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's heavy guitar based. Prince has a guitar solo in it. It's a fairly long song, the officially released version, well over six minutes, more like six and a half. Mm-hmm. But it's got a clear part. There's a there's clearly a, a distinction between like the first half of the song, which is very lyric focused, and the second half of the song, which is uh, very instrumentation focused, guitar focused, kind of like a long bluesy coda that goes throughout the end. So it's a really easy song to uh, truncate down for radio edit. You know, you just get through the lyrics and you got the little cool guitar uh, guitar solo and then fade it out and you're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Easy, easy radio edit for somebody. Easy, super easy, yes. But the, um, the, the full six and a half minute length version is really nice because, you know, you get that kind of jam feel to it, that live feel to it, even though it wasn't cut live for the album and speaking of live of course that is this is one of the songs as as most of the songs on this album were featured on the sign of the times movie mm-hmm. and i believe that that is that is what mtv used for the official music video if i recall correctly it is i was uh, on vacation with my family in florida when it premiered on mtv and remember very clearly uh wanted to get back inside and have cable on and everyone else out at the beach, you know, and here's this, whatever, 14 year old kid running inside to make sure that, uh, catch this MTV video premiere. <laughs> right. Cause you couldn't, you know, you couldn't just uh, pull it up on YouTube anytime you wanted, like, ah, I'll catch it down yeah. online. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was not quite a thing just yet. Nope. I remember sitting in front of the, of the, of the TV 
just hoping that there was going to be the video that I wanted to see here in the next hour that I was watching. So I, I can relate to that as well. Right. Uh, one of the interesting things about this song that kind of came to light during the release of the super deluxe edition of sign of the times last year was the unearthed original version of this song, which I guess yeah. dates back to 1979. I think it was um, originally thought to not be that old. Right. Uh, I think the the original version was thought to be more of like an 82-ish uh, mm-hmm. recording, but this says 1979. I mean, I know, I've know i read comments where people are, um, they are skeptical about that, but who, who am I to, or who was any really anybody else to say whether it was or wasn't, if the estate says it was, and there may be some proof to that. So yeah. I'm going to run with it. I'm going to say it was recorded in uh, May of 1979, just like Prince okay. Fault states. Uh, one thing that, um, I don't know if it's because, you know, the sound is just so much more, I would maybe a little bit more advanced than what Prince was recording at that time. But then again, not really. I mean, he was already done with the Prince album. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of the, the disco so- sounding songs from his first couple of records, he, I think he was already getting past that even before the start of the eighties and dirty mind, which came out a year later had songs that could have, you know, been recorded in 1979. And so it doesn't, it's not that unusual, I think, for Prince's sound to be evolving that early. And for this particular version, or for this particular style of song, because this was, it was rock-based, just like the version that we ended up getting on Sign of the Times. There's really no disco-sounding aspects to it at all. Yeah, I think the part of the original version that... Um sounded least 79-ish was just him not singing in a falsetto which basically everything from For You and Prince and Dirty Mind were you know in his falsetto and this is in a much lower register and almost has the same kind of sound as many of the the outtakes that were included on 1999 Super Deluxe yeah Um, (laughs) so I can see where the uh the side eye kind of comes from for some fans who hear 79 and think well it doesn't sound like it but uh you know anything's possible it was not wasn't released for a reason and maybe he was trying some stuff out and they were lucky enough to find it yeah yeah i agree yeah you got a good point about the the style of singing that he used for the 79 version so yeah totally makes sense but Ultimately, then, it was re-recorded in uh, July of 86, and that's what was going to be included on Crystal Ball, which yada, 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 sign of the times. I feel like I've kind of repeated myself several times on these episodes. (laughs) Crystal Ball, yeah, sign of the times. We know at this point, we get it. It was a triple album, got reduced down. Uh, I Could Never Take the Place of Your Man made the cut. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, you know, was uh, kind of earmarked as a single. Uh, I think a good choice for a single. Um, for really, sure. Yeah. Especially if you were looking for a crossover appeal. Uh, you Got the Look was the single before that, heavy crossover appeal. Mm-hmm. So he knew what he was doing uh, with these with these singles. Yeah, he could have released Adore officially, but I guess he didn't really need to because Adore ended up getting a lot of radio play without it being a, a, an officially yeah. released single. So I think he got the songs out that he wanted to get out and pushed forward. Yeah. I also read that this was the, you mentioned it's the fourth and last single from Sound of the Times. It was also the last Prince single not to be immediately available on CD. 
which had never crossed my mind. I'm like, oh, I guess, you know, 19, late 1987, here's a single, and it was, a, it was vinyl. Yeah, that's interesting, because mm-hmm. vinyl should be, well, I mean, in my, in my household, vinyl was already dead by 87. We stopped buying records and were, had moved on to cassettes a few yeah. years prior. But, you know, I mean, I, there's certainly going to be some late latecomers to any sort of technological advances, especially in entertainment. Um, I didn't get a Blu-ray player until many years <laughs> after it was released. Yeah. So, uh, you know, especially when you're a little bit older and you're like, OK, is this a fad or is this going to be something that um, sustains itself? Do I don't want to invest in a new style of a recording or record player or any kind of music player unless i know that this media is going to be long-standing mm-hmm. cassettes of course had that advantage where you could record things off the radio and yeah make your own mixtapes and it, it had a lot of advantages yeah i mean you missed a little bit of the sound quality i guess but as a child i didn't really care i just wanted the portability yeah. of tapes and it was perfect for that oh yeah great great for a car Great for cars, great for boom boxes, holding up next to you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have one of those. I had I had a boom box, but it was uh, I never I never carried it like that because I, <sighs> I I couldn't afford all the batteries that it would <laughs> require. <laughs> it's a lot of D batteries to keep on hand. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, I need I needed an outlet at all times. Right. Um, so, anything else you wanted to talk about? You know about your enjoyment of the song or i mean what what's your thoughts on the song overall before we start diving into the lyrics josh um i think um i definitely appreciate it more for the instrumentation than i do for um you know like you said it's a fairly simple song it's uh you know kind of like a not tonight honey kind of you know song which is relatively simple and actually probably maybe one of the first kind of mature stances on, you know, being with a woman that you might hear in Prince's music, because, you know, leading up to this, there was a lot of, you know, I'm going to make you mine and (laughs) do what I want to with you. And here he's kind of turning the other cheek. Um, The part that we won't cover, I'm guessing, for a Prince lyrics podcast like yours will be the uh, part that's edited out of the radio version, the I remember just as a young teenager kind of memorizing the music and knowing the, you know, where the guitar comes in and where those little synthesizers are and the mm-hmm. uh, the way the drum sounded, all that kind of stuff is just was just so cool to me. So I, my interest got peaked more towards the end of the song than the first half. Yeah, yeah, I would agree that the music is what sells the song, has always sold the song yeah. to me personally. Uh, I like I like the guitar. I like the hook. Uh, I like just how the song progresses and changes. It does feel in some ways like two like two distinct songs. Then he brings it all back home, you know, at the end. Yeah. It's like when you go on a kind of a bluesy tangent, and then he like, okay, we got to bring it back, guys. And so he when what he says, got to bring it back, guys. Got to bring it back myself because this was solo recording and like he did the whole. According to Princeville, he did it all himself. And yeah. uh, I, I never, I never really, I mean, especially back then, I never knew that he did everything himself. Mm-hmm. But there's one particular part where he sings uh, like a, an echoing of himself. 
that to this day doesn't sound like him to me, even though it probably and likely is based off of all accounts. Mm-hmm. And we'll get we'll get to that uh, in a minute. But yeah, I, I'm with you. The music the music really sells this song. Yeah, and, and sells it uh, its its um, enjoyment for most most listeners. I would say the, the lyrics are fun though, and we'll go through them. It's it's they're interesting because, like you said, they're not so much about him pursuing somebody. I mean, he does do some pursuing in the song, but it, it he doesn't follow through with it, and that's yeah. kind of it's almost like a little bit of a story song because he's kind of progressing each verse, talking a little bit about his the setup about meeting somebody, and then what do they talk about, and what how do they where do they end at the end of the song, and it has more in common, I guess, in that respect to like the ballad of Dorothy Parker than it would. Uh, you yeah. got the look or it or hot thing, which are really straightforward. I want you. You're, you're going to be mine. Mm-hmm. Kind of songs. Yeah. the very first verse goes as such it was only last june when her old man ran away she couldn't stop crying because she knew he was gone to stay 10:35 on a lonely friday night she was standing by the bar mm, she was looking all right yeah uh, and i'm gonna i'm not i'm just gonna stop there i know that there's another set of lyrics that you could argue that's part of the course you could argue that it's its own separate thing i'm gonna kind of group them together um, so I'm just going to stop there and call that the first verse. All right. So Josh, uh, what, what do you like with this first verse? What did you, what do you like to like kind of call out highlight here? And again, like, I mean, like you, you know, I've been listening to the song since 1987 and I distinctly remember singing along to it and singing. It was stormy last June when her old man ran away and she couldn't stop crying because she knew he was going to stay is what i heard okay until i until i got the cassette and had the the uh lyrics that were you know super small inside that fold out cassette booklet uh i totally misheard it and i don't even know if i understood what you know he was saying with uh, her old man ran away was it her father no it was you know her husband her lover um so as a teenager hearing this there there were parts that i just totally misunderstood and now you know looking at it now it's one of the more simple lyrics to a print song that you could find i think um so i laugh at myself all the time hearing (laughs) you know thinking back to Oh, little Josh, you're so cute, so naive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that second line, if if you read it or hear, she couldn't stop crying because she knew he was going to stay, does have very different meanings. Because now she's crying because he's going to stay, and she doesn't love him anymore, I guess. And so that's upsetting her. I guess what I what I heard of with she couldn't stop crying because she knew he was going to stay. I thought that she was just sure that he was going to stick around, but then left, and that's why she was crying. Oh, like she okay. was she was fooled. She was fooled by his supposed intentions to never leave her. Right. Um, but now what he's really singing is she knew he left and he there's no way he's coming back. 
Yeah, like she just knew in her heart he was going to stay, but then he <laughs> didn't. He ran away. Is what you right. were hearing. Got that's it. What, okay. That's what I was hearing. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So, but still, I mean, uh, if you heard that, then it still kind of paints a picture of somebody who's upset about mm-hmm. their old man uh, running away. And the use of the word "old man" is interesting. And as you mentioned, you know, if you're not if you're not hip to that slang, you know, you're not sure what "old man" means, right? Because you know, it can also mean like your father, but in this case, obviously, it doesn't. And it just to me, I was thinking, okay, when has he used that before? He's definitely used that before. I called my old lady for a friendly word, and let's go uh-huh. crazy. Yeah. So he didn't use "old man," he used "old lady," but it was exact exactly the same. Um, same connotations like he was re- referencing a, a girlfriend or right you know his woman there and then he's she's referencing her man as an old man so he's done that before in not in so many words but similar yeah uh i like the fact that he brings up you know the month of june right there in the first line of course mm-hmm. june has some significance to mr nelson because it's birth year Yep. So I don't think June was in just to like throw a dart at the calendar and like, oh, look, it landed on June. Um, probably yeah. he picked it for a reason. Not even the, the first time that the month of June is mentioned on the album. So, no, you know, it's on the title track. Yeah. Got it. Now he's doing horse. It's June. Right. Yep. Yeah. So there's there's the June connection again. And um, yeah. And so the line knew she knew he was gone to stay tells us as the listener that we believe that or she believes that it's really over this time like maybe implying that it's happened before maybe he's left her before or they've had these kind of fights before but this is this one just felt different to her Uh, feels more final feels more conclusive like gone to stay meaning like not coming back so right it paints that picture for us as the listener uh, I didn't think of or realize if there was any significance to the 1035, so I think it was just a random time. Not sure. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any meaning there. Yeah, I mean, maybe something personal. Yeah, certainly something personal is possible that we're just not privy to, which is fine. Prince is allowed to have a few secrets. You know? Yeah, yes. <laughs> we're, we're trying We're trying to dig into these a, a lot, but uh, he's he's allowed to have some things that are just for himself. That we just don't know, and that's quite all right. Yeah, and so then the last part about um, him seeing her at the bar. So, again, you get the impression he's walked in on a Friday night. You know, he's either by himself or with his friends, and he just comes across her, you know, kind of like a hot thing where he sees her on the dance floor, and here he just sees her standing by the bar. She's apparently all alone, and despite her mental state she's still looking good to prince so right she's she's got it going on still and i think it, it the the woman is played by cat in um the video so i mean if you're looking like cat and you're standing by the bar you know you, you might get hit on by prince just yeah <laughs> sure thing yeah i always thought too that the you know lonely friday night it was lonely for him you know that's why he's in the bar even though i think you could hear the lyrics and think that it's her obviously she's alone but i think that the reason that prince walks into this bar and has already been told or surmised as much about what why this woman is there is because he was alone Mm. yeah 
yeah, certainly. Um, why why would you put lonely in front of Friday night if it wasn't if it didn't mean anything? So yeah. you could certainly get that um, the loneliness was was mutual between them. They're both feeling a little alone and looking for some company for sure. Yeah. But then the next grouping of lines, I asked if she wanted to dance. And she said that all she wanted was a good man and wanted to know if I thought I was qualified. So he approaches her. He initiates contact. I asked if she wanted to dance. So he, you know, does the the polite thing and tries to get to know her by asking her if she wants to dance. And um, she responds, apparently, she just wants a good man and wants to know if he was qualified. And again, this calls back. Maybe this is another reason why some people have thought it being more 1982. Because when I think of uh, Prince asking if somebody, if she thinks that he's qualified, I think of International Lover. Yeah. Yeah. Am I qualified? So yes, that the, was yeah, the same and, era. Yeah. And it's in his falsetto, though, for mm-hmm. International Lover. But yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was actually one of the few songs on 1999 that was sung in falsetto. Right. And this one's not. So, you know, the use of the word qualified, not to say, of course, again, that he didn't have qualified in his lyrical bag of tricks dating back to 1979. But as somebody who dissects his lyrics for a podcast, I tend to notice that Prince uses certain words, certain kind of more unique, unusual words, um, in certain eras, like he uses a word, might use it several times in a few songs during a one or two year period, and then, you know, disposes of it. Yeah. And, you know, I, again, I haven't gotten to all of his songs, so I can't, I can't say for certain as if he's never used qualified again in any of his lyrics moving forward, but he does here in this song, and he did in International Lover, which can be, like I said, kind of used as, ammunition for anybody thinking that 1979 was bs and this was really written more around 82 mm-hmm. uh yeah so with this section you know it's pretty straightforward she she starts to pour her heart out to him <laughs> a little bit not not really getting into the reasons why she just wants the good man you know i mean that's not really that deep it's just saying hey you know you're cute i i just want to make sure that you're somebody worth my time are you qualified mm-hmm. um so you know that's take probably that probably a little bit of a shock if you're in a bar as a single guy and you ask a single woman if you'd like to dance and her response is all i want is a good man yeah not just so like sure I'll someone dance who's you. been yeah yeah like wow i wasn't looking for that deep of a conversation thanks but uh yeah, it's probably a little bit of a surprise cut would catch you off guard um, and maybe even more so if uh, she turns to you and, you know, looks at you over some glasses and says, you know, are, are you qualified? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it's an unusual it's an unusual question to ask somebody that you just met <laughs> right in a bar in a bar mind exactly. you not even on like a, a first date or you know a match.com kind of conversation this is right. like sitting in a bar where usually things are supposed to be kept pretty casual yes especially right up front not, not quite as deep <laughs> no not not typically uh, anything else you want to call out with that section of lyrics josh Mm, no, I don't think so. I think the the line uh, I asked if she wanted to dance. I'll, I think it seems like in the live version, even in the maybe it's the video version, it sounds like he says, "I asked her if she wanted to dance." Like there's another word in there from time to time. Yeah, and I listened to the um, the 1979 version before we got on. I believe he says, "I asked her if she wanted to dance." Yes, in that version as well. Yeah. So I can see that word being inserted or taken out yeah kind of optional optional depending on his mood at the time or just you know because in his brain he, he wrote it both ways um yeah. so i mean if i'm performing this song and i'm prince like which version do i sing <laughs> do mm-hmm. i sing the original version or do i say and i can see it easily just being kind of jumbled in your head like because if it flows nicely adding her yes after if she wanted to dance that flows just as it's not awkward at all so Right. Uh, it, it it and also um, you know does it doesn't it's a little bit superfluous, but it it certainly isn't uh, so much so that it sounds awkward. So then we get to the chorus. I said, "Baby, don't waste your time. I know what's on your mind. I may be qualified for a one night stand, but I can never take the place of your man." All right. So. Uh, the chorus is cool. It's easy to sing. It's uh, mm-hmm. very simple. Um, but the one question that I have is, how does he know all this? <laughs> how does he? How does he know? Don't waste your time. I know it's on your mind. I could never take the place of your man. So he must just have like a sixth sense about her. Like she must be just, you know, because when she when she says she just wanted a good man, I guess in his in Prince's mind, in as the character in the song, he's thinking. Oh, for her to like ask me that question, she must be going through some stuff right now. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing I can think of is that how he would jump to that conclusion um, that she had a man that she apparently just broke up with because we don't get the impression that she's told him yet. Right. Uh, except for, you know, verse one, he's got a lot of knowledge there that he wouldn't have just walking into a bar about, you know, not only her old man ran away but he knows that it was in june um so i almost think that it's written from the standpoint of uh a recap of all the events that happened and it's written from the perspective of knowing the whole story yeah Uh, not necessarily in the order that all this was revealed to him yeah right right chronologically not so much because there's no way he would know that yeah leading up like the very first line about so like the first two lines are more like a like a background background of what's going on as as we open up into the scene of this bar this is what's happened this is the prelude and this is where we're at now we're at a bar but you can't tell that story unless you've gone through it all and he's already had this conversation with her and already found out what's been going on with her so then i guess to your point then to sing this chorus he's kind of singing it from the perspective after the fact, so he already knows the whole story. Right. I yeah. know how, how he knows that uh, 
you know, she might be looking for a one night stand. Not quite sure. Yeah. Especially when she says she wanted a good man, but maybe she just wants a good man for the night. <laughs> That's right. There wasn't a time period there for how long she needed a good man around. Yeah. Yeah. Are you good? Are you qualified for the night? Because that's all I'm looking for. Yeah. It's not, it's not exactly what she says, but that's kind of what we have to assume she meant yeah. by that based off of what Prince says in the chorus. I may right. be qualified for a one night stands or else he's just saying, don't waste your time. I know it's on your mind, meaning I know you have maybe some expectations that this could be your rebound relationship. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not the man. I'm not the one there. You know, I, I can I am qualified. Yes. You asked me if uh-huh. I was qualified. Yes, I am qualified, but only for a one night stand. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way to look at it, too, that there's a qualified asterisk following the word qualified. <laughs> yes, an absolute asterisk. One night stands only. That's right. So, which is, you know, ultimately the essence of the song. I can't I can't replace somebody that you're still hung up on. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, you're in a different place than me. You know, I'm, uh, you know, still in my twenties at this point, essentially. And that's been his experience with women as, uh, a lot of in and outs, so to speak. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't let that one go. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, so the, the chorus is fun, though, because, you know, you really get the, it's it's one of those choruses that you don't have to think too deeply about. I mean, yeah, that's what we're doing now, but it's pretty straightforward. Don't waste your time. I'm not the one to replace your man because you're broken hearted. Uh, if you want a one night stand, you know, we can talk about that. But if you're looking for something more, um, you know, you need to keep looking because it's not me. And what's not written, you know, as words for the chorus is the. Yeah, <laughs> kind of the the sing along that's happening in 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 the background behind yeah. uh, the chorus, which, like you said, yeah, I can almost sing the chorus, or I can just stick with the yeah yeah yes, and yeah, uh, I it's just it's really fun to sing. Yeah, that that is it's a really it's a really fun and really kind of memorable aspect of the song is the yeah yeah yes. Another mm-hmm. thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, and it really has nothing to do with the debate about 1982 versus 1979, but there's hand claps in the song. Yes. And the hand claps to me sound identical to the hand claps that you find in the the original version of something in the water that was, that was um, included on the 1999 super deluxe. Like as the song um, fades in and not fading out fades in, you hear like these really kind of isolated hand claps along with the, uh, the drum machine. listen to it to me they sound identical and and who knows they might be but that doesn't have anything to do with the 1979 versus 82 debate i just thought i'd bring it up yeah um and i when i listen to the song still to this day those hand claps also to me sound like uh a pool table like someone is and that, which fits into the bar scene 
Um, I don't know. If like balls it, clanging against each yeah, other? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like even just, uh, you know, breaking at the start of a pool game. It, yeah, all, yeah. it has that kind of sound to it. Um, so I don't know if that was intentional, but it is in a bar. It would make sense that you would hear those kinds of things. But yeah, they're obviously hand claps. Yeah. So then we move on to verse two, and this is where it gets um, pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. It hurt me so bad when she told me with tears in her eyes, tears in her eyes. And that's the part that to me doesn't sound like Prince. Oh, really? It, it probably is. I mean, I listened to it. And it t- Prince's falsetto was good. And he can really sound like if he wants to a woman, especially when, you know, he's trying to maybe, you know, give the impression that he has like this backing chorus of women <laughs> tears in your eyes the way just, maybe it's because again i've heard had heard so much revolution music where wendy and lisa were backing him up all the time and it was just a natural thing for him to incorporate their voices as background vocals yeah. and then when i heard this song in 87 yes i knew the revolution weren't with him anymore but prince seemed to always have women in his band Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that he, you know, a fairly common, common occurrence for him, whether it was Revolution or NPG or Third Eye Girl. So I always just assumed that that was a woman singing tears in her eyes following up. But by all accounts, it's Prince and Prince only on the song. Mm-hmm. I have not read anything to say that there's was any other vocalists for this song. So it has to be him. But he does a really good job of sounding like Wendy and Lisa. <laughs> I have not been able to get through uh, the latest Dwayne Tudal's book yet to see if this, I'm sure the song is covered in there, but it'd be interesting yeah. to to dive into that and see what he uncovered. Yeah, I haven't reached that part in the book yet either. Um, so I just went based off of what Prince Paltz says, and Prince yeah. Paltz pretty, pretty good at capturing individuals who are part of recordings even oh, yeah. if it wasn't officially documented like in the liner notes. So right. if anybody's listening has gone through the, the book and they have reached the I could never take the place of your man part and they know that it is somebody else's voice, let me know. Otherwise, we just have to assume Prince did a really good uh, falsetto in that one that yeah. tricked me. Tricked the hell out of me, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, going back to the verse then. So it hurt me so bad when she told me with tears in her eyes he was all she ever had, and now she wanted to die. He left her with a baby and another one on the way. She couldn't stop crying because she knew he was gone to stay. Um, all right, so at this point, you know, this is this is a pretty pretty heavy conversation for two people who just met to be having. <laughs> um, yeah. She, she's really pouring her heart out now. Like, you know, you thought maybe she was pouring her heart out a little bit before. Uh-huh. But, but now... Because now we know that this is something, this is a conversation. She told me with tears in her eyes. So we get the visual of her speaking to Prince now after he's initiated contact. And now she's getting her sad story. Yeah, and a whole lot more is revealed. Like now we know that she's (laughs) pregnant on top of all of that. Uh Uh-huh. Which probably means she shouldn't be at a bar. 
Um, Josh, it was 1986. It's all uh, good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. You, you could you could drink while pregnant in 86. It's all... <laughs> yeah. It's I'm, jo- I'm joking, everyone. I'm joking. All of that changed Yes, yes. Different time, different era. Uh, but no, I, I agree with you. Yes, obviously, this is kind of questionable decision on her part to go out. But you just have to kind of assume she's in a really low point in her life. And she's looking for something fun to, or something to cheer her up. Uh, and this guy just happens to to hit on her and he she finds him attractive. So she's going to She's going to roll with it as well. She's going to continue on and this, but she just can't, you know, she can't put all that aside for one night of fun. Um, she's got a, she's got an ear now that she wants to uh, pour her heart out to, and he's listening and what he's getting is a lot of information for somebody he's just met. Yeah. I mean, the kind of information that would uh, make most guys say, nice to meet you and uh, head to the other side of the bar or the other side of a city. Yeah. But Prince is going to um, be a gentleman about it. Right. He's going to he's going to he's going to reject her. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. He's he's still going to reject her at the end of the day. Uh, He kind of already did in the course. He's going to reject her. However, he's not going to be um, crude about it and. And tell her to buzz off, and she's crazy for being out. And why would he want to be her child's daddy? You know, and yeah. <laughs> all, all that stuff. He was all she ever had, and now she wanted to die. That's a really heavy statement. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a little overwrought. Yeah. And uh, you don't know if if she's admitting to feeling suicidal, or if she's just like has such a a negative feeling about what happened that you know people use that phrase sometimes like oh, i felt so bad i wanted to die like people who are really sick say that too yeah um, so i don't know if we should think of it from a suicidal standpoint or not but yeah i think more of just uh you know that's a, that's that's a deep long-lasting hurt and yeah. something she'll never forget yeah and apparently she's got a kid already so hopefully the child is with a babysitter or with a relative well, so yeah, while she's not <laughs> having a, a night alone, yeah, one has to hope, and another one on the way. So apparently, she's must be fairly early in the pregnancy, or else he maybe would have seen something, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when he hit her on her at the bar. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just going based off of you know assumptions here that she wasn't really showing that much yet, and it wasn't obvious to him as he approached her that first time. Yeah, well, he said, you know, she was standing by the bar. She was looking all right. All right isn't, uh, well, you look all right for a pregnant lady. (laughs) You you look all right, period. All right being a compliment, not uh, mediocre. Yeah, and, you know, if I'm a single man, you know, sure, I would strike up a conversation with a pregnant woman at a bar, but I wouldn't assume that that person was there, you know, to have sex or, you know, have a one-night stand yeah. Um, I don't know. Just just my take. But then again, you know, I've I've been only going to the bar since the late nineties. When it was, you know, now frowned upon to go out and drink at smoky bars with <laughs> when you were pregnant. So right. <laughs> who knows what, what it was like in the seventies and eighties. I wasn't a bar goer at that time. No, me either. Uh so yeah, it's a messy scenario for Prince for sure. Um 
you know, she's still crying. She knew he was gone to stay. That's pretty much um, the same line from the first verse. So she repeats that yeah. just to reiterate the point that she's really sad. And this is kind of mm-hmm. what goes back to your comment that the first two sentences of the first verse feel like a recap of the story to get us all on the same page. Instead of yeah. instead of revealing the story line by line, verse by verse, uh, Prince chose to up front give us the quick summary or give mm-hmm. us a quick idea of what this what the situation is. But it's in this verse where we where we learn that he learned at the same time he does specifically what was going on and why the situation was so bad for her. So then the next grouping of lines, she asked me if we could be friends. And I said, oh, honey, baby, that's a dead end. You know and I know that we wouldn't be satisfied. All right. So at this point, you know, I think maybe she's come to her senses a little bit. Um, Maybe realizing, like, I've had a nice time talking to you. And Prince is probably thinking, oh, boy, how do I get out of this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right where is the exit door <laughs> but in her mind you know hey he's been a really nice guy he's let me uh give him this this really sad story and tell him what's going on with me and he hasn't been rude about it he hasn't you know said too much besides just maybe nodding and okay i hear you uh so hey you want to be friends but <laughs> the only thing i could think of is that because they predicated this kind of relationship this kind of a quick relationship this quick friendship off of a mutual attraction um that he's using this opportunity to decline friendship with her that's a dead end he says yeah yeah and this is another misunderstood lyric by josh norman me too me too uh i think i heard early on again before seeing a lyric sheet uh and I said, oh, honey, baby, that's okay. Yes. You know and I know that we wouldn't be satisfied. I heard okay, not dead end. Correct. Me too. Really? Yep. That's exactly what I heard. Wow. Oh, honey, baby, cool. that's okay. You know and I know we wouldn't be satisfied. It's like, that's okay. I, no thanks. Yeah. yeah. Not like, oh, that's okay. Yeah, let's do that. No. It's, <laughs> it's, to me, it was always very clear. That's okay. I'm going to pass. Right. You know, no, no kind thank of, you. Exactly. You know, and I, you know, and I know that we wouldn't be satisfied. I love that uh, satisfied comes back around to rhyme with qualified, you know, so yeah. many lines later too, which I think is uh, really kind of a neat touch. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Right. Qualified was used earlier mm-hmm. in this pre-course and then now it's satisfied. And uh, what that tells me again is that there's a mutual attraction and that mutual attraction isn't going to um, necessarily end just because they're friends. And since he's not really interested in being here, rebound, um, not interested in raising her child with this other man. Yeah. That they're just, it's just not going to work out 
and yeah, he's saying won't be satisfied being friends, uh, right? Because they're just they're just too attracted to each other. Or again, that's just his nice way of saying no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the live version, the video version, he throws in a, at least I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, after yeah, saying this right. too, so he kind of, you know, says we wouldn't be satisfied. At least I wouldn't. Kind of under his breath, um, saying, "Well, that's that's. I know that." Uh, I feel that way. It doesn't really matter if you agree because I I wouldn't be satisfied. Then it's another reason why this is a bad idea. Yeah, with that adding that little um, ad lib in the live version then does imply that he's still very attracted to it. Yep, which is cool for sure. Mm-hmm. Not not done with rebound. All right, so then the course is the same. Don't waste your time. I know what's on your mind. Wouldn't be satisfied with a one-night stand, and I can never take the place of your man. Of course, one of the, and I'll bring it up here, and I'm sure you probably know what I'm going to say. This is one of the key differences between the 86 version and the 79 version is where he then adds, but I'll try. Mm -hmm. I'm sure as hell try. I can never take the place. He never, never suggests that he's going to, even though he doesn't, he doesn't think he could take the place of her man, he's going to try, especially after all that he's said thus far has been really uh, uh, counter to the statement. Like he says, no thanks, basically, uh, I can never take the place of your man, that's a dead end, we won't be satisfied. I mean, none of this stuff leads to you believing that he thinks this is a good idea. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a firm no from the get-go. So then for him to throw in that I'll try does seem a little off, and it makes complete sense why he would ultimately remove that. Yeah. It's like, well, what, what have you been doing this whole song? <laughs> I, I know, exactly. I mean, he didn't, even the name of the song says never, not, you know, uh, I don't maybe think someday. I, <laughs> I don't think I could take the place of your man, but I'll try. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could never take the place of your man. Never, ever, ever. So, right. yeah, I mean, he had many years to think about it and mull it over because really the, the lyrics have mostly stayed the same. Yeah. Whether it was 82 or 79, the lyrics mostly stayed the same. There's some subtle differences, slight differences, but nothing significant except for that one real noticeable change mm-hmm. or noticeable addition that was just simply removed. He didn't change it. He just didn't sing anything else after. Um, yeah. 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 Just left it as it is. I can never take the place of your man. End of story. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's the lyrics to the song. We've got three verses, a couple of pre-choruses, the chorus that's repeated twice. Um, he does say, take the place of your man as towards the end of the song with some, you know, he does the one, two, one, two, and then it goes back into the, the riff that we knew from the first half of the song after he's done famping yes. for a while. But, um, yeah, that's why the song isn't, like, one of the deepest lyrical statements of the mm-hmm. album. And another, like, if he was writing the song in 79, if we believe that that's to be true, 
it seems like a song, you know, that would have totally been from a lyrical standpoint, something he would have wrote early in his career. There's some of the stuff that he was doing a little more complex lyrical compositions at this time um, aren't necessarily evident in this song. So, yeah. Uh, but then again, we had a song called It, and all he does in It is uh, <laughs> yes, think about it. <laughs> I want to do it. I want to think about it. I yeah, so it just depends on the song, and the song didn't really require a lot of um, deep, introspective lyrics. It just required him to tell uh, an interesting story about a potential one-night stand that he declined because he wasn't the right one for somebody uh, who was on the rebound. Yeah, I would say in 79, too, he would be uh, barely legal to be in a bar himself. <laughs> barely legal, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. True. So if he didn't have a lot of experience going to bars at that age, if he was writing this in 78, 79, yeah. I can I can see him like having some uh, ideas that maybe what movies or TV have taught him up to this point. This is what happens in bars. You hit on women who are standing next to him and they might have some deep, dark secret to tell you because that yeah. could be like the the introduction to of a plot to a, you know, a crime crime or film noir type film. Uh, and so, you know, all these all these women have some deep dark secrets. They're just waiting to tell to tell you, Prince. If you if you just uh, engage them in conversation, and you're on an adventure. So I can see him thinking like this might be a situation he could run into realistically at a bar. Whether yeah. or not he ever did, don't know. Doesn't matter. All we know is we have a, a really kind of fun song, a great instrumental break here at the end. Song with a lot of fun aspects of to it the hand clapping the yeah 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 mm -hmm. uh two very distinct guitar solos easy to sing along lyrics and um a song that was recognized for its its musicality i think and that was a big reason why yeah. people liked it oh yeah and a good and a fun song to play live too like he did a really nice job on the sign of the times movie yeah, yeah, definitely. Even the the guitar solo and the way he kind of holds his leg up to kind of uh, it's a part part dance move, part guitar solo move, part let me adjust my guitar kind of move. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you know, as it goes into that jazzy bluesy uh, part with him walking up the stairs and throwing what looks like stuffed animals into the crowd, and he kind of uh, says things to you, see him mouthing some things to the crowd that you can't yeah. hear yeah a very very fun performance and even later in his career you know touring with third eye girl the reloaded version of the song that was sort of slowed down but even made a little more rock heavy i really enjoyed a lot of that it was a, a very fun take on it. i guess that was kind of the thing to do during that time period in his career is to take a song he's probably real sick of playing slow it down and play, play it a little differently like you did with let's go crazy and, and this mm -hmm. song yeah definitely definitely well i don't really have much more to talk about with i can never take the place of your man how about yourself josh uh no um a lot of this just kind of struck me you know as we were talking how this is a story that has to kind of been told in retrospect and how it's not a uh, chronological recounting of the events as they occurred. It's a, a full experience that's then kind of rewritten almost in the middle of things 
and then we get more of the story as, as it goes along. Um, so as simple as it is, I think it's still very clever and the, the qualified, satisfied rhyming scheme in that kind of pre-chorus section that's not really a verse, not really the chorus is also uh, kind of fun. So it's neat to think that this was hanging around for however long, five to eight years, depending on what you believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There are some interesting uh, lyrical choices he made here to tell the story from the perspective of somebody who's kind of uh, retelling it maybe to his friends or to us. This is what happened to me the other night, but then also calling back to the events as they were happening in real time. So it's it's a clever way to do that. Very. I appreciate I appreciate how he um, you know structured the lyrics and the verses. So 100% agree on that. All right. Well, I don't really have anything else to say about the song. So, Josh, where can people find you and your podcast? Uh, wow. You can find us on basically any podcast platform that you like. Um, you can find us on Twitter at TMATS Podcast. Uh, you can send us an email, TMATS, that's T-M-A-T-S, the Mountains and the Sea Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we don't cover... Uh, in depth quite as much as you do each song we are more of uh, take an album and cover it and uh, we're in every other week drop a new uh, episode format for us yeah I like how you guys mix it up so I never know what's coming <laughs> yeah we're and we're not in chronological order either uh, that's uh, uh, Christy does all the technical heavy lifting of our show edits it my responsibility is to show up sober and uh choose what we're going to pick choose what we're going to discuss a couple weeks in advance so yeah it's sort of whatever strikes our fancy and we try to hop around from you know the, the glory years to the later years to uh you know rare gems too well thank you again for being on the show uh this has been jason brenninger on the presser wine prince lyrics podcast you could find me on social media at presser wine pod instagram twitter and facebook I'm also on YouTube now, and so episodes are slowly going up on YouTube with the music scrubbed out for obvious reasons. Uh, so you won't find this episode on, on YouTube yet. I'll eventually get caught up because it's something I started exploring this year. But I do like to post things on YouTube that aren't necessarily episode related, something I don't always do or can't do in other formats like Twitter or Instagram. So be sure to check that out and subscribe there if you want some additional content related to the show thanks everyone for listening and until next time goodbye